from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 357. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hey, Mike Hurley, and happy World Stationary Day to you. Brad, every day is World Stationary Day for me. <laughs> me too. Um, is that why I didn't know that today was World Stationary Day? <laughs> because you know every what? Day, when every I day saw already this is in the notes. I mm. know we had this conversation last year too. Yep. Yep. That like it I'm, comes about <laughs> and we don't know anything about it. Cuz really this is a like vendors type thing, right? Like well, it's not really for me or you, I don't think. You saw what I put in the show notes, right? Mm-hmm. It's completely hashtag marketing, right? Yeah. Which is totally and nothing, fine. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yes. Totally. But this is I the station the, the sentence I wrote was World Stationary Day is a part of National Stationary Week, which runs in conjunction with the stationary show in London. Yeah. That's everything. And you also need to like know. all of the brands, because this seems like a pretty UK focused uh holiday, right? Like where mm-hmm. it's come from. Mm-hmm. And the brands like Paper Chase and Ryman, like these are not specialist companies right. by any stretch of the imagination. Like these are the staples and like, mm-hmm. you know, yes. of, of the UK, basically. Paper Chase is nice. They do really nice greetings cards. They they sell like a lot of Lamy products and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that was where I got the petrol. I got like a bottle of Lamy petrol and stuff from there. Like, you know, like they're, 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 they're good, but it's not mm-hmm. like cold pens. Right. right. Which... Uh, props shout out to Colt Pens. They won like the 2019 Retailer of the Year award, something yeah. like that. I'll have to Which, look at you know thing, all that so. stuff sure. is tied in, right? So like now there like right. there's a lot of events this week or whatever for that kind of stuff. But yeah, congratulations Which I will, to them. I will have to say, good job by the this marketing team because they I think they do a great job. Like they've in the past they've brought out a bunch of bloggers to the National Stationery Week. Oh, excuse me, to <laughs> there's too many things. The Stationery Show. Um, to do different things. And I know they brought some out this week and I've, I've been reading about some new bloggers they've been tweeting and things like that. So, you know, they do try to do, have like a social media push and like have an aspect of spreading the love of stationary. And I, you know, we're, we're saying this kind of like in a funny way, but I actually legitimately, they do a good job um, in setting all this up. And, you know, they have like, like they give out awards, like we're talking to cult pens. Like this would be, I would like to go to this one day just to see what it's about. It's probably... Not really like the National Stationery Show in the U.S., which is more vendor slash salesy type stuff. Like you're writing orders. This feels more just like vendors saying, "Hey, this is what's coming up next year." I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe I don't know enough about it. It's a trade show. It's a trade show. Yeah, but they do a good job. They don't make it weird. But Happy World Stationery Day. Bye. The London Stationery Show. There isn't even by a National day anymore. Stationary it's, week, a, sponsored it's just by a whole week now. Day. It used to well, be a no. day. It is the day, Mike. I read about this because I was getting confused. National Stationery Week is this week, and World Stationery Day is the Wednesday of National Stationery Week. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right. So that's the thing, right? Because the national is the UK part. Yes. And then the world part is everything else. Interesting. Okay. Mm, all right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to National Emoji Week. It's kind of funny to me. You know, you're, are you familiar with World Emoji Day? I only in so much as I follow our friend Jeremy. Yeah. It's just kind of funny that like I know, I know, <laughs> I, have, I have a close friend who created a holiday. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like World it's Emoji wild. Day. Jeremy just like did it one year because July yeah. 17th is the day on Apple's emoji calendar. Mm-hmm. And then like he spent a couple of years trying to make it a thing. And then the Emoji Movie came out and then it just like exploded because I think they did a bunch of stuff on World Emoji Day for the Emoji Movie. And then like, and now it's like in this, in this age where news, oh, oh, here we go, uh, where news is trying to find things to talk about actively, mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to just necessarily reporting on what's going on in the world. Um, this is how stuff like World Emoji Day gets so popular. And it's kind of, always kind of funny to me to watch my friend Jeremy just on TV for like a week. He's always <laughs> on TV, but it's. Especially particular for World Emoji Day. Uh, Jeremy runs Emojipedia is Jeremy Burge, if you don't know who we're talking about. Yeah, so we'll put his link to his Twitter in there. That's the best place to follow him. And if you think I've created something weird, we need to introduce you to Jeremy because it's pretty amazing. I have a. We all have weird jobs, right? We mm. all have weird jobs. But Jeremy is my friend with the weirdest job. We got right. to spend a lot of time with him at the, at the wedding, uh, Mary Beth and I, and he's just, just such a good guy. He's the best it's, person. It's hilarious. And Mary Beth's like... He'd explain that to me again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jeremy has the the most peculiar job of anybody that I yeah. know, and I love it. It's brilliant. Yep. yep. Speaking of weird jobs, Mike, um, I finally did mine, <laughs> which was sent out the video to the Pen Addict Kickstarter backers from the Atlanta Pen Show. I said I was going to send it out last Friday. I had a little scheduling snafu, so I got it out yesterday. So if you have not seen it yet and you're a backer of the video, any video level of the Kickstarter project, check your inbox. Maybe check your spam filter because they do come from yep. Kickstarter and you never know how these things get grabbed. But it exists if for some reason you are a backer and did not get or you it. Can you can just reach out to me. You can log in to Kickstarter and go to the activity tab. Um, where it shows all of the updates and you'll see the update there as well. Yep. I loved rewatching this. Yeah, it's nice. You know, it's like one of those things, it feels weird to rewatch a thing that you did, right? Like, which is why I don't re-listen to all the podcasts that we do. I rarely listen to any, uh, re-listen to any because I already did it. But the video is pretty cool to like watch. I just giggled and smiled and I was like, oh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a super fun thing. I'm really pleased that we have it. Like, so make sure you go and check it out if you backed for the video level. Um, mm. or like can I give a shout thing. out to the? Can I give a shout out to the video quality? Yeah, you should because it's amazing. Uh, Stephen and Mark Hackett, thank you. Like, I don't know what to say. It's top notch. I from the I moment don't like it starts, how they make it better every year. I feel like yeah. there has to be like a limit to how good it can be, but they seem to keep making it better every year. Yeah. So even if you don't want to listen to us, um, the technical aspect of the video is really good. <laughs> they do a great job. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned a certain product on that show as I was rewatching that mm. you had ordered mm-hmm. and apparently uh, it is now in. So let's get it. Let's get an update on what you have going on. All right. So the ending, the saga, the probably month long <laughs> saga of the Japan blue pro gear. So mm-hmm. this is the pro gear, um, which is this special edition one that I was able to get from Wancha, which is like, is a regular pro gear with some modifications, including like a, steel like some kind of metal which is wrapped around the the pen and has the puck marks or smallpox mm. as you may remember yes so it arrived yesterday 
mm-hmm. to which I was very excited about. This thing somehow escaped the grasp of customs. Dang, that's a win right there. I know, because this was not a cheap pen. No. So I don't know how it got past customs, but it did. Um, I love this pen, and I am very conflicted about it, not in a bad way, but mm-hmm. I am trying to understand it. I feel like I don't understand it yet mm-hmm. because it's so different, Brad. Like, this is not a pro gear. Like, it is not. That's it fair. Is heavy. It is shaped differently. It has one of the wildest things that I've come across on a pen in a while, just in, like, questioning why you did this, like, in, in, a, in an interesting way. Like, so it's a screw cap, right? Right. But when you post it, it snaps. Okay. Sure. And it's just really interesting to me to, like, to make that decision. Mm. Like, they built both mechanisms in. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even bother on the end, but I get no, it. No, but they did it. And, and and also, like, when you do that, it has the whole, like, there's a lot of, like, uh, in the in the description of this pen and stuff like that, there's a lot of uh, sword imagery, and, and they talk about, like, how it's a lot of the processes are similar to the way that sword handles are made. Okay. Um, and then, but because this pen is a little bit longer than a regular Pro Gear, when you post it, it's very long, but the cap is thicker than the pen. So there's like this weird feeling of like the cap almost then becoming like a handle. Mm, gotcha. Right? Because for for whatever reason, they made the cap way thicker. Like it's way thicker. Um, and then it has the, that special band, right, that goes around the outside. Um, this pen is so bizarre in so many ways. Um, I absolutely adore it. Uh it's cold to the touch when I pick it up, which is a very wonderful feeling. The, the texture of it is unlike any pen that I have used before. The color is the cut. It is one of those pens you cannot photograph to show yeah, the color. I would, I would have bet on that. And they they describe it a lot, like in the in like the pages and stuff. So it, I I think I'd forgotten that it came from a store called I think it's called Oita Made, mm-hmm. um, and they are very proud of the pen. Um, there's like a lot of articles on their blog, right? And like, mm-hmm. so what I, what be. I did find out in doing just a little bit more kind of reading about it, um, they're actually making more of these in June. They're doing a second run. Oh, of the uh, same color, same exact. As as setup. for what I could understand, yes, as best it's as you could tell from like a second production run. So, if you are interested in it, which I know you are now, um, you can still grab it. But it's like, you know, the, a lot of the photos give it an almost purple look. Mm-hmm. But the purple is only in certain lights. It's mostly blue. And like, again, they talk about, and again, it's, it's hard for me to um, truly understand uh, what went into this pen when I'm reading a lot of translated materials. Right. But I mean, besides smallpox, that definitely went into exactly. the Exactly. But it seems like with this pen, they some of the methods that they they use to try and make it are like unique. Like the way that they were able to color the metal is like a thing that had been, dis- like they worked it out and discovered how to do it and then did it. So they talk a lot about the color that this pen has is like a traditional color, but has not been able to be used before to make a pen like this. So the color choice is meaningful to this pen. Like there's very meaningful. Just, it's not just a color. It no. was purposefully done for this reason. It's very important. Mm. 
So like yeah, that that's what I've learned. And again, like I would love I would love to know more, but I feel like the the translation the translated materials are not giving me all of the information that I would particularly want on this, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So sure. like they they refer to it as being colored by a natural amber that was said to be impossible so far. That's that's what the translation says. Mm-hmm. Um and I and I really want to know more about that specific thing so like again so by combining the innovation technology developed through many years of research with the traditional japanese color and then there's a a a symbol that i can't read hasn't been translated we have created the naturally colored metallic materials of natural glaze which has never been possible in order to make use of the technology and attractive materials created we blah 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 we commercialized it with our heart right like they're talking about like what it means to them but again it's like they keep referring to like this never been done before process, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is. I don't know what they did, <laughs> and I'm I'm really intrigued. Um, this pen is is unbel- It's unbelievable. But like when I'm but when I talk about me being conflicted in it, it's like you are nothing like what I thought you were gonna be, mm. because like the size of it is so weird. It's taller, and I don't know why. Like I don't know why they added the extra acrylic on the back. Right, like why they made that longer than any other pro gear. Because, I don't know why they did it. Because the heavier cap would not post on a shorter stake, if you will. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that it makes would a lot wob- of sense. it would wobble. It would wobble. So it had, yeah. since it's got some weight, it has to be deeper. So they extended the length of it there. That's a good point. Uh, it was also possible, right, that like just from a visual perspective as well, like because it got wider, that maybe it yeah. should have gotten longer. Otherwise, it might have just looked like a stubby pen. Um, but again, no cap, uh, no clip. Sorry, is like it's wild. Everything just looks so different about this pen, right? So like the finial, uh, the traditional like finial with the anchor on it, it's huge. <laughs> so there's no other pen that uses this, right? Because it has to be wider. So it's way wider. Right. It's wider. Than my King of Pens finial. Hmm. Interesting. And it's like a completely this, different shape to the King of Pen as well. This is a fascinating pen. In I, length. I totally agree. This is very close to my Pro Gear King of Pen in length. It's like maybe half to three quarters of a centimeter shorter than the King of Pen. Is it a little bit heavier or a lot a bit heavier? Uh, It is heavier. Hmm. It's definitely heavier. Because you would expect that from the material choice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to know. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, it's definitely heavier. Yeah, I can't wait to get this one in in my hand and and see what it's all about. It's special. It's, it's very it's very interesting. Yeah. I love this pen. This is it's become a, a very important part of my personal collection. Like, this is easily the most special uh, sailor pen that I own. Right, like in a in that I kind of sense, that. it's like yeah. this is unlike anything else. It's super hard to get. And is, from a materials perspective, unlike anything. You know, it's like I love the the Bung Box 5th Anniversary one because it has the metal grip section. Right. Um, this has a, a acrylic grip section, by the way, in case you were wondering. The okay. metal is yeah, just what's like wrapped around what is essentially an acrylic pen. It's like other things, like, I really want to know what's under here. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, the, uh, it's very, very it's intriguing. The- 
pink love bung boxes under that. Like, just like it off. they took sparkly well, the, and pink. The, the rarest program they could find. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's uh, move on from one sailor into the other one. I think it's just worth a mention yeah. that the 2019 North American limited edition sailor, this has been a thing that they've done recently with the 1911 lineup, and they did a pro gear this year. It's called the Pro Gear Lighthouse. It's an interesting pen. Like, it's great looking, right? I want to see... This is another pen that I don't think is going to be able to be captured digitally. Yeah, this is one of those ones a, where every single picture I've seen of it looks like it's a completely different color. Right. So it's supposedly a graphite gray, which in person I would imagine looks stunning. Mm-hmm. What's really has me interested about this pen, not in a purchasing aspect, I have no need to own this pen... But I'm curious about the naming and the style of this pen that they call this the Lighthouse and added the clear finials. You know, it's clear on the end cap on the top, top of the cap and the bottom of the pen. So is that reflective of a literal lighthouse to where the, you know, you see the light going around the beacon around the top, you know, and it's glass? Or is it a sign of things to come later that the lighthouse style of clear caps will be seen in more pens does that make sense what i'm asking more to me like the beginning of a series of pens than that's what i said yeah that that, this is what i think this is like yeah you know how you would get the i don't know what would uh, color series right was is right. one of them or like what was there was one uh i can't remember what it was but i think it was a north america one maybe a couple of years ago where they did a bunch of them and they were like focused around you know you got like ocean sky you know like all of yeah, those and they've ones, done right season they've done seasons yeah they did seasons and so know, spring, it, to fall, me winter. it it totally feels like that right that okay um but what we have here is this is the beginning of a series and that series is like the lighthouse series and it's like this is the graphite lighthouse mm-hmm. that feels logical to me okay that's the way i feel too and i felt kind of weird saying that maybe i'm thinking too much of it maybe it's because i want that right i want there the is definitely to be a, a bit of wish casting in this for me yes yeah because all so many of the very cool limited edition ones you get in japan have a similar aesthetic right mm-hmm. and um I'm just interested to see what's next. Like, I hope this is a thing, not a singular. And and I hope um, next year we get, you know, a second lighthouse. I think that would be pretty neat. So who knows? Who knows? Um, But I I thought that was interesting. Again, I want to see that in person. I'm not interested in in owning it. I don't need this pen. I think it's kind of cool looking, though. So I, I do like it. Next up, Mike, in the new product category. We have our good friends at Twisby sending out a teaser this time, but this teaser is a little bit different. It's more of a commitment, and this is Twisby fountain pen ink, right? I, I'm assuming it's not Twisby perfume in 60 milliliter and 18 milliliter bottles, right? It's ink. Or that they're just selling bottles. <laughs> <laughs> now that I wouldn't put past them, except yeah, I, I seriously, because they've done ink bottles before, um, but their yeah. Instagram post cracked me up because here's what it says so it's the picture and we'll put the link in the show notes if you haven't seen these yet i know a lot of you have seen them the beautiful bottles by the way unbelievable so they have a, yeah they have a picture of it's like a uh what's it called frosted like a frosted it's glass. like frosted glass with a red acrylic top mm-hmm. and the big bottle the 60 mil bottle looks like basically the end of a twisby pen 
Um, and yeah. then the, the 18 mil is slightly different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they have those two pictured. And the caption says, we have something special coming soon. Dot, dot, dot. It will be filled with ink. <laughs> I just thought that was, that is so hilarious if you follow Twizbeef at all. Yeah. I, I just find that to just be infinitely hilarious. That's just like me saying, Mike, I'm going to make a sandwich for lunch. Dot, dot, dot. There will be meat on the inside. <laughs> you know? I, it's I like, feel like there's a little bit of a self-own in that. It is. Where, where it's kind of like. It's brilliant. We, we I, that's know, what I'm saying. We know what we do <laughs> and we're not doing that this time. It's actually it going to be what you want. It's genius. It's yeah. absolute genius. Really good job by them. I'm interested in the price point for these because Twisby is a price point brand. They hit things that other people do not. They work in areas that are ripe for disruption. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looking at these bottles, these inks will not be dirt cheap, but I feel reasonable. Like It's a 60 milliliter bottle. This bottle has got to be expensive-ish, you know, relative to lots of other bottles that you see. But I imagine we're talking only in the $20 range, you know, give or take a few bucks. It would be my guess for the 60 milliliter, 20 to 25 maybe. I don't know. I'm wondering if, like, I'm sure they've been working on this for a while, but if they are maybe going to try and capitalize a little bit on sailors' price increases and stuff like that, where they're like, all right, we're going to walk in and try and undercut people. I just hope we go with eight-ish colors as opposed to three. Hmm. Because I, if I'm Twisby, you go, well, I have to make black and blue, right? But, do you, but if I'm Twisby, I also say, well, look at all the colors of pins I make. And they're all these demonstrator pins. We got to do something else, too. Right? So I hope we get something beyond black blue mm. red green yeah they should like, do some fun stuff because they do make almost predominantly demonstrator pens these days right they, they should have something to fill it with so i'll ask you then do you reckon we're going to get just flat colors we're going to get sheen we're going to get shimmer how far do you think they're going to try and push this i i think we're getting flat colors yeah yeah okay uh which i'm i'm fine with like let's let's we got to start somewhere right but they got to be good and, though uh, I I have faith that they will be good. Like I would like to see a really cool purple. Like come up with something, you know, neat well, like that. I, I'm just interested. I think th- these bottles are great. I would like. I mean, I would love to see them try and match some of the colors that they've been putting into the Twisby goes. You know, like a nice green, nice orange, that kind of stuff. That's what gives me hope. Yeah. Right. Like their their colors on their product are good, and they've uh, they've never offered. Uh, any ink or cartridges. I guess they don't really need cartridges there. All their pens or piston fillers or vac yeah, fillers. They so. made a bottle for the vac, right? Which made sense, right? Because it, it yeah, was helpful it was to like have a, a specific bottle to fill that essentially pen an with. Ink, an ink well, essentially, yeah. was what that was, where it had like a coupling in the top of the pen to where you could vac fill it easier without like opening the bottle. Oh, they yeah, they also sell some bottles now as well, which I didn't actually mm-hmm. know. They're called diamond bottles, and they've got like they're like I don't know. You you, you yeah. can they're made so they can you can fill their pens really easily with them. It's actually yeah. looks like quite a clever design, honestly. They do a good. They do a good job. So I'm I'm excited to see this, and oh, I, I love. I just I mean, they did such a good job on that Instagram post. I was just dying when I read that. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. That was very good. Mm-hmm. 
All right, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace because they will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. Squarespace will help you set up a unique domain name so your website will have the brand that you want it to. And they'll help you design it with the use of their award-winning templates. Everything is fantastic. It all looks so good at Squarespace. You can just enable one of their templates and you're done. And they have so many to choose from, but you can also customize them to your heart's content as well. In their great web interface, everything's drag and drop. You can see it happening. You don't need to know a line of code to be able to make a wonderful looking website at Squarespace. They have so much functionality. You can create about any type of website you want. Blog, portfolio, an online store, a site for a business, a site for a band, a site for an event, a site for a wedding. It doesn't matter what it is. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you do it. There is nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They have got you covered. You don't have to worry about anything. And they have award-winning 24-7 customer support, which can be great for you, but also great if you recommend Squarespace to somebody else. You know, like you got like a friend or a family member who's like, hey, I want to build a website. You say, oh, we'll go to Squarespace. And then if they have problems, they can just talk to the support team. You don't need to be involved in that anymore, which is wonderful. Um, I've been using Squarespace for years for many reasons because I think they're fantastic and so many projects have had Squarespace websites. Look at Brad, Pen Addict is on Squarespace, Knock is on Squarespace, huge fans of Squarespace over here. You can sign up for a free trial today. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can try it out for yourself. And then when you're ready to sign up for a plan and launch your website out to the world, they start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show by using the offer code penaddict at checkout. So once again, that is squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchase. A thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I run behind on many things, Mike, which you know, um, a lot of my followers on the internet know. And one of the things I ran very behind on was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast interviewed with Neil Gaiman, the Mm -hmm. wonderful, uh, I guess, I don't even know what type of genre he is, the wonderful writer. He's the everything writer. Um, I'm a fan. Um, I haven't read all of his books, but I've read several. And I, I love him. And I also follow him because he has shown a huge love for fountain pens and this is something he's always had for a long time well tim ferris got him on the record and they went way deeper than i thought down the fountain pen path i'm not sure if you've had a chance to actually listen to this but there is a full transcript Mm -hmm. um to where you don't even have to listen you can go in and pick out the uh the the stationary parts um of, of the conversation but it kind of blew my mind. Not that I didn't know all of these things, but just how on and on and on they went about it. What did you think about that? It was a big part of it. I've watched a clip. Yeah. I so like people are sending me like video clips and stuff. So I've seen the mm-hmm. clip that you referenced. You know where he's like okay. really talking about it, and like you know, it's kind of funny to me because as I'm watching it, I'm like, poor Tim Ferriss. <laughs> right, because Damon is like, like unloading on him, like all of his yeah. incredible knowledge about fountain pens and how much he cares <laughs> about specific colors of ink and how important a different paper is and like the weight yeah. and the feeling of the fat. Like he's really going for it, <laughs> you know, like to the point where it's like, oh, it's like if Tim Ferriss had asked me to describe the way that I use pens, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I did. Find, I actually found it quite amusing, but at the same time, felt a little bit bad. <laughs> yeah, Tim. well, I think I think Tim knew it he's like yeah you know i've got nothing yeah <laughs> that's yeah, pretty yeah. much how he took it he didn't say that but that's kind of how he handled it but then he would he would pry a mm-hmm. little bit more if neil said something interesting like one of the things which which i took which i haven't heard him say before 
So he has the issue that a lot of us have where he'll buy a notebook and save it for a certain thing. Granted, the notebook in this case that he bought is a 19th century notebook. That's air quotes. It's like a 500-page bound 19th century accounting book that he's owned for 25 years because nothing has been special enough to start writing in it yet. So yep. I I cracked up at that because we all do that. Yep. Like, oh, this sketchbook looks really nice. I'll just wait until I become an artist, I guess. <laughs> right, right. So I thought that was really, really funny because I know we can all relate to those things. It's like, oh, I, this bottle of ink is special and I can't use it till I um, can match the specialness of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pretty funny. He is very much Team Safari. I don't care what anyone says. Mm-hmm even though he just kind of mentioned it in passing. I think I heard him under his breath say hashtag Team Safari in the show, so I'm going to go with that. Um, unabashed Lamy Safari uh, fan. He's he's obviously a bit... His, his go-to pen is the Pilot 823, which we've talked about uh, a million times. And then he dug into, like, when he was talking about his notebooks, he dug into the specifics of the notebooks and... He took a shot at Moleskine, said that their paper quality went in the dumpster, so he switched. Like, he used them for a long time, um, you know, rightfully so. And then when their paper quality went in the dumpster for fountain pens, and he explained all this to Tim. That's, like, one of the things you're talking about, how when you write on bad paper with a fountain pen, it's an issue. And uh, he's he's all in on Leuchtturm now, which uh, he called the Porsche of Moleskines, which is just an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing phrase. Um and I don't know. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I know everyone that listened to it thoroughly enjoyed it. And I appreciate everyone sending over the links to it. And I'm glad I got to listen to it and not just. Re- I had time to actually listen to it and not just read through it because you get to hear like some of the like, you know you pick up the little passion terms and phrases and the way people say things. They were really into stuff, and you can tell he's really into pens and paper and and things like that. And um, I'm just left after an interview. Like that going, I don't understand the brain in someone like Neil Gaiman. Like, it doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. that you can be that prolific and everything, like, just so talented. Like, it, it's mind-boggling. So it was a very enjoyable, enjoyable interview. Yeah, definitely. So, um, that kind of ties in a little bit the obsessiveness over stationary. You know, there's a podcast about pens. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, that obsesses over little things. And one of the things I've always obsessed over is logging mm-hmm. my stationary usage. We've talked about this for a long time. And from my perspective, since I use so many things that aren't fountain pens, is how can I, is it actually possible to track everything that I use? And my answer and my attempts have always led me down. No, it's not. It's just not. Um, that seems to be too far-fetched of an idea. So the things I've tried in the past are notebooks, you know, just keeping one specific notebook that every time I used a new pen or a paper and I'd just log it in the notebook. But you got to kind of have that notebook with you at all times. And sometimes I can do that. Sometimes I can't. There's spreadsheets. There's online databases you can use. But that ended up being kind of tedious. Um, same with Instagram. Instagram's kind of tedious. Like, if, do I take a picture of every time I grab something new? It's like, well, I don't totally care about my picture quality on Instagram, if you can tell. But there's got to be some semblance of niceness to it. You know, you at least have to have some decent lighting or show something uh, pretty good. So 
I'm going to try Twitter out for this. And I don't know if it's going to work. It's just another one of those things I'm going to attempt. I got some good feedback on just what I'm trying to do. So basically all I'm doing, Mike, is anytime I grab a pen, pencil, marker, fountain pen, ink, notebook, I'm going to log it digitally. Um, I have a little drafts snippet set up to where I can just go enter in the data. And then in drafts, I can just open up TweetBot and hit send. So I'm trying to like number them so I can see how many I do. I'm trying to hashtag them, which I've already changed once. You know, I've changed the format of these things based on some feedback I've been getting. And I kind of like this aspect of it. I don't know what the end result is. I don't know what the end game is. But I know if I do this on Twitter, I can maybe provoke a conversation, you know, around those products. And that's what I enjoy Twitter for is having conversations around stationery and other things that, you know, people like. And maybe I'll go back and, you know, if I can, you know, I can create a spreadsheet. I can track the hashtag if I want. I also put the hashtag in there so people can opt out of it, right? I don't want to dump on people's Twitter yep, feeds if they don't want to see it. So I did wonder, I mean, this probably isn't the right thing, but I did wonder, like, did you consider maybe creating a separate Twitter account for this? No, I did not. Hmm. So the thing, here's the, here's, no, no, no. <laughs> I think I think I can answer why I did not. So, for example, I have a separate Twitter account that's pin underscore addict. That's where the blog and RSS feed goes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to reply to people in more than one place. Right, right. You don't have to be and checking this, multiple places. Even though people don't ne- won't necessarily reply to this, this is actually something that I want to engage in conversation about. Without needing to be like, all right, now it's time to go log into the other Twitter account and see what people right. are asking. That makes right. sense. So if someone asks me a question, I w- I'm going to get to it faster on my main Twitter account. Yeah. Because, um, like, I don't reply to the Panatic RSS feed account. Like, it's just there for people who like Twitter as their, you know, distribution mm-hmm. for articles. So they can follow that account. But if you ask me a question on that account, I'm not going to ever reply to it. I just don't do that. Um, I've maybe done it like two or three times in the years that that account's been open. And I was like, Oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's probably why it doesn't have a separate Twitter account. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a thing I'm enjoying it so far. Like I'm seven, <laughs> I'm seven entries into it. The format has been refined already to make it shorter, um, and more concise mm-hmm. and more telling. I don't know. Do you have any, any other thoughts on this? This is just something I'm going to play around with. I've always wanted this, but Putting this down in a notebook would never work, I don't think. Yeah, I like... Uh, there is kind of a, a better public element about this one, which is better than if you were just writing it down um, because you're actually sharing it with people rather than just yourself. Like, I I don't right. know if I would personally be that interested in logging what I use just for my own yeah. gain. But, right. You know, and I find it interesting, like yesterday I had no entries you know why (laughs) because i didn't use a pen or a paper yesterday yesterday was like all typing Mm -hmm. you know all you know email work and all these other things i literally used no pens or paper yesterday and actually that drives me crazy (laughs) a little bit it's a little bit bothersome um but doing something like this i don't know We'll we'll see how it goes. It's just something I'm interested in. It's not like I could pull a report off of it like I could on a spreadsheet where I used X pen X amount of times, right? I'm not necessarily looking for that, but I'm just looking for 
just a general log, see what my habits are, um, and then maybe have some conversation around all the different things I'm using, you know, because I use a lot of stationery. Like, I'm not pigeonholed into, like, just fountain pens and ink and Tomoe River paper. I use a, so many different things, and I want to be able to put that down in writing somewhere digitally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... That's it. That's it on that. Um, I'm keen to see how this one progresses. Well, I'm keen to see how this next one progresses, Mike, huh. because I think it could. I think it could be a problem. So, our good friend, which uh, people like it when I say our good friend, everyone's our good friend, good friend, friend of the show, friend of the podcast, Marco Arment, uh, creator of the Overcast podcast, my podcast player of choice, and a very popular one, um, created. Uh, oh, in a in a recent update, like just this past week, mm-hmm. added the ability to clip snips, basically, of podcasts. So he has snippet sharing mm-hmm. in podcasts. And being a Twitch person that I know you are, one of the one of my favorite things on Twitch is that listeners can create clips of your Twitch stream. So like if you say something funny or something weird happens on a game, they can create a short, you know, five or 10 second clip of that thing happening, happening and then share just that snippet. So they can say, haha, this was funny. And you don't have to go, Hey, at the one fifty eight mark, um, go check this thing out. Well, now we can do that to podcast too. So what do you think about this? Cause I'm dying already. Oh, I think it's brilliant. Like I've had a lot of like, yeah, I've been talking about it a bunch too because I'm really excited about it. I think Marco did a wonderful job with it. So like, it just mm-hmm. allows you when you're listening to a show to just press a button and share uh, the, the audio, and then you can like you get a little video, um, which is the best way to do it. You can also share a URL, which opens a web page. But I think the video is nicer of up to a minute, and mm-hmm. you can then share that on social media or whatever. And over the last few days, a few things have happened. Like people have been sending me the clips of the episodes that I'm posting. So it's really interesting because, or they're like, um, and I'm encouraging people to do it too. Like if you share mm-hmm. a clip of a show, tag me in a tweet because I want to know. And like, so we did this with Upgrade. Absolutely. And there was just like this little joke like we made for like 30 seconds on Upgrade. I've lost count of the amount of times I've seen it shared now because it was just a point that resonated with people. But something else is that's been happening, which has also been nice, is I've been watching people sharing their favorite moments of their shows in history. So like a lot of shows that I enjoy, I've been seeing people share those. But then also like stuff from our past as well. And there was this one clip <laughs> that uh, our friend Joe shared from episode 31, which is what I'd forgotten, the infamous table slam moment. <laughs> uh, I won't spoil it. I'll put a link in the show notes in case you're interested. But then there's also stuff where like people have been going back into our archive and pulling out funny things that we say, right? Which we talk about that every mm-hmm. now and then, like the idea of the vanishing point grail pen and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's... I think that this is a great feature to help with the shareability of shows. So me and Brad are both encouraged. Like if you find stuff in old episodes or in current episodes and new episodes and you do want to share them online, please tag us in those uh, tweets so we can see them. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, I cringed when I heard that clip. Only And if you haven't I used Overcast, this is a great reason to try it out as well as all yeah. the other great reasons. But this is something that's special to the app right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I, I just heard myself sniffling and umming all through that clip, and I was like, oh, I'm going to die here. But in it, the payoff was worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last thing, and we'll hit a few STPAs before we get out of here. 
this morning, we got looped into a tweet by friend of the show, Jacqueline from Inkpothesis, where she made an iOS shortcut kind of quiz thing. Um, what's, yep. it, what's it called? Find My Perfect Pen? Yep. So if you're on iOS, we'll share this in, in the show notes so you can go click it yourself. And it's basically a shortcut you can run that goes through a few basic questions to try to figure out what pen should be recommended to you. And it's mostly, you know, standard pens, not really fountain pens. I did look at all the inputs to see what the options were, right? I just took the quiz. And I got to say, I'm kind of impressed with the answer, but uh, I, I want to hear what you thought about this, and then we'll give our answers here in a second. Oh, I love stuff like this because it combines a lot <laughs> of my loves in the world. But uh, I took the quiz and <laughs> said you should... Basically, my perfect pen is a Retro 51. It's like, ah, oh, <laughs> funny, you should say. And, and my perfect pen was the Uniball Signo DX. Mm-hmm. And I just, not only did I die when I see it, saw mine, then like five minutes later, you tweeted me what you got. And I was like, oh my God, perfect. are you kidding me? <laughs> she did a great I job. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. So we'll have this in there for y'all to go play around with. I, I thought it was neat. And she's open to like, you know, tweaking it and, and modifying it. And I guess once you get a shortcut, you can actually modify it too, right? On mm-hmm. your own. Yeah, you um, get it. And then you so, can just change it to your to your heart's content. So like this could just be the yeah. bones of a, of a different shortcut, right? Like if you don't know right. how to put it all together, but you would like to create a quiz of your own in relation to pens. Now you can see how Jacqueline did it just by looking at it and you can tweak yep. around it. That's the way to learn in shortcuts is to... But, download other ones and and play with them i mean i i just couldn't believe that both of us got those as answers it was perfect i I mean she did the right i mean she did a great job right like her picks were Uh, right right we've uh we've validated the inkpothesis if you will Mm -hmm. ask tpa coleman bueller says i'm using the platinum preppy and love it can you think of what a good pen with a slightly better build quality might be it might be the smaller size i really like or the kind of flat grip shape i like i'm not looking to spend vanishing point money though I think it's pretty straightforward that the Pilot Metropolitan is a massive step up from the yep. Preppy in feel in a very high, high quality nib that's probably better than the Preppy, but at least in the ballpark of the Preppy. So um, I think that's the choice. Your other choice is the Platinum Plazier, but I don't think it feels as nice as the Metropolitan. It's a lightweight aluminum barrel. It can get dinged and dented. Um, it looks good, but if you're stuck on the platinum nib and like you like the what is it 002 their extra fine nib you can get that in the plazier which is nice that's a nice pin as well but those are the two choices and i think the way the question is phrased the pilot metropolitan would be the correct answer sheath s heath 114 what are your thoughts about what the next level of advancements will be in fountain pen or stationary product worlds, perhaps something like new materials or improvements in manufacturing or changes to how inks are made, package, etc. This is the one Ask TPA question that I didn't have like an immediate answer for. We've kind of been ans- asked these questions in the past, and it's really, really hard to get in the future mindset when you th- see things like, you know, the smallpox pen that Mike has, right, with the metal work but still being you know sailor parts so you know the nib is fantastic you know that's advanced and futuristic but it's also small scale and not like a worldwide yeah. type of innovation so like how do you take a lot this of that, right where like a com- right. company comes along and just like completely 
changes things, if everything feels iterative because it's such an old technology. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're starting to see right now, and which we've we've banged this drum for years, is the customization. And we've kind of got that in barrels, and we're yep. starting to see that now with nibs. So we're starting to get more. So the people who want the most custom writing experience in fountain pens, like, um, you know, that have all of these beautiful barrels. Okay, so the next step is to what nib can I get for that? So you see things like Regalia Writing Labs. Um, our friend Ralph uh, makes wonderful, crazy, wild nibs that you can get. And anything that you can do to personalize your product more is going to do well in this community. It's just scale is always a challenge. So figuring those things out on what people who like to customize stuff um, want to do next. And I think right now the nibs are getting a big, big run. All right, next question comes from Jeffrey K. Coleman. If I'm going to Chicago as my first pen show, what should I expect, and what's a reasonable budget for a newbie to fountain pens? I have an exact answer for this. Okay. $100. Yes. You can get everything and probably have lunch money. You can find a pen that you will enjoy that fits your style, your type of writing, your look aesthetic you can find an ink to fill it with and you can find paper to write it on and you will still have money for lunch and you will be thrilled you do not need to spend crazy amounts of money at your first pin show especially if there's any risk involved as in like you don't know if you're making the right decision so there's such a huge range of high quality pins under like $50, $60 that you can get um, even, you know, down to $20, $25. Like we rave, I rave about the eco all the time. It's under $30. You can do everything, have an amazing experience, look at everything else, you know, you know, take a look at the gold nib, you know, Pelican pens, right? That are hundreds of dollars, see what they're all about, but find the one, you know, entry-level pen that's kind of going to get you started down the path find an ink color that you really really like to go with that pen and buy some good paper and that's it like you do not need more than that there's questions from the tiny badge are there any women pen makers out there to support love this question so this came up a lot when we were doing the baltimore makers panel um you know, a couple months ago at the Baltimore Pen Show, which was great. And, you know, it was a start and we had four white male pen makers in it on the panel. And this is something that I've s- spoken about and think about a lot is how can we have a more diverse group, um, you know, as part of panels, as part of the conversation, as part of the makers that we support. So this was a good opportunity to get some names out there. Um, the first one that came to my mind and came to most people's mind was Renee at Scriptorium. Her work is awesome. I don't own one of her pens yet. I need to get in the queue. The styles are amazing. The craftsmanship looks awesome. Any pens I've ever tried from hers from other friends have been fantastic. Um, the look, feel, materials, everything is right on the money with Scriptorium. If you're not familiar with Scriptorium, um, you need to go check them out. We'll have the link in the show notes where they does amazing work and her, her Instagram is awesome. So go check that out. Then the nib section tweeted at me, gave me a couple more names. So Miss Lai from Yachting Style, who makes 
glass nib pens in like a fountain pen style. It looks like they might even be like cartridge converter. So that looked very cool. I was not familiar with that brand. I love hearing about new pen brands like this. Mm-hmm. And then Hiroko from Bocamundo, Mike, which you've probably seen her work, not knowing what it is. I've seen her work for the past couple of years because I have friends that show it to me because they know I like that type of work. Someone asked me recently about Grail pens. And if you mean by like super high-end expensive something that I really, really want but can't afford right now, it's going to be a Bocamundo pen. And what she does is lacquer work and Arushi work on existing pens for the most part. She does a lot of things. Like she's got some knife handles that I've been staring at or which are for pocket knives, which are just stunning. Um, you're going to be hearing a lot about her in San Francisco, Mike, when we go. Um, you'll get to see a bunch of uh, her work there. There was, uh, I know Drum Ghouls had some at the Atlanta Pen Show. They had a Sailor 1911 that I picked up several times, but just couldn't justify. The, the work is stunning. So you just, you just have to, you have to check this out. So I want to know more, you know, give me more people that I can shine a light on. This is, I may not be able to do everything for everybody, but I can shine a light on people that deserve it. And I want to do more of that. Um, I talked about some things I want to do in refill this week that I, you know, don't know if I can actually technically or physically or can do, but it's a goal of mine to continue to make pin shows and the pin community as inclusive as humanly possible and shining the light on anyone I can who's doing great work in this community. Um, You can absolutely count on me uh, spotlighting them. Before we get onto that last question, Mike, I snuck a little something in there. Oh, I saw this. That just happened to drop today, Mike, mm-hmm. from one of my good Japanese friends. I have lots of friends, Mike, did a review that just happened to post today that they got their pen back from Bocamundo, and guess what? Mm. What what pen was it on, Mike? King of Pen. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this. Um. Thoughts? It's unbelievable. It's crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, I followed a few day fan a while ago. Uh, yeah, because you were recommending great. them, uh, yep. and I love their Instagram feed so much. Yeah, but uh, I saw this this King of Pen earlier today and almost died. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So this is this is Bocamundo. This is this is the work you get. So, um pretty amazing so yes let's uh let's continue down this path and do more because it's something i very very much believe in so let's do it last one mike dr lamb chop what was the name of that kunisawa notebook you liked on the unboxing do you know where it's available thanks so i this is a i put this in here for a couple of reasons one it's because i can tell the kunisawa story which i don't know if i've told on the podcast but I've definitely told it on the Twitch stream and we'll have a link to the YouTube video of the Twitch stream that I did. But Kunisawa, if you remember and you're a stationary blog follower, which if you're listening to this podcast, you are, you saw a lot of notebook reviews from Kunisawa over the past year. They put on a big, big push. They make really beautiful notebooks, but the paper quality on the interior was inconsistent. So they reached out to me and said, we find this troublesome and we want to work to fix it. We want to have better paper in our notebooks. Can we send you the paper that we're 
thinking about using to test out. And I'm sure they sent this to other people too. So they actually sent me a physical bound, like a paper bound notebook. And it's just crazy cool looking. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect. when I, I thought it was just gonna be like loose sheets of paper when I opened this live on the on the feed. And it's actually this really nice, like, I don't know, teal, turquoisey construction paper stamped cover that is just completely rad. <laughs> so I felt bad about sharing it because Dr. Lambchop, I don't know that this product exists. Like this was supposed to be my tester to say, hey, is this paper any good? And I'll tell you right now, spoiler alert, the paper is spectacular. It's fantastic. It's way better than what they've done in the past, but I don't know what their plans are and when they're going to cut over to this type of paper. So that was the story uh, about Kunisaw. I wanted to make their make their paper better and they're trying. So I appreciate that about companies like, you know, not everything, anytime you can take your existing products and work to make them better Mm -hmm. and like, or are active in that process, man, that's just a good sign. I really, really appreciate that. So, um, and this, this also gave me the, the opportunity to plug my Twitch channel, um, twitch.tv slash pen addict. I did, I addressed envelopes for like two hours on Monday, Mike, and it was awesome. That's like one of my favorite things to do. So um, that that uh, has been posted out there to to the YouTubes. I try to cross post them um, at some point after I'm done recording. It might be a day, it might be a week, whenever I can get time to uh, to send that over to YouTube, so you can catch those types of things uh, there. So yeah, that was it. All right, if you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 357. You can find Brad online as well at uh, penaddict.com, knock.co. He is dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this episode. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.